Come on, here we go. You got a roll. Hush your mouth back there. 85 slides. Just letting you know. You're going to depress them. It's a good message. Just roll. Oh, thank you. Hush your mouth. <laughs> Only this church do you have this banter from the back. Here we go. Let's go with the message today. I'm going to be a scientist with you. Y'all ready? If you will set up and listen, you will go, I can't believe what I learned. Here we go. In a series called Experiencing God, I believe the best way to experience God is to experience Him through sight, hearing, feeling, touching, smelling, tasting. Did you know you were made in the image of God, in the likeness of God? All of those things, our senses, God also has. When you read the Bible, it says all those different things as you read it, from Him seeing to hearing to taste to smelling to feeling. And so you and I are uniquely created, and that's how we experience God. Amen. Now, a lot of people, though, I know I'm taking time. I ain't almost slide one yet, but anyway... Don't forget God's Word is part of all that. Seeing it, hearing it. You understand? It's huge, huge, huge. But we're in a series called Experiencing God. And here's sort of the weirdo message. We can deal with the seeing and the hearing and the feeling, but how's he going to handle the taste one and the smell one? Am I supposed to smell God? Yep. You'll see. Here we go. Taste and smell. Say it with me. Taste and smell. Now, y'all ain't going to sleep on me, are you? This is the sleepy part. If you're not careful, right here. Let's go. Come on. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Taste. And you know I don't know this stuff, so this is me having to learn with you and look up stuff and learn. And old Clark has been learning. Here we go. Taste. Taste begins with sensation in the form of electrical impulses. I thought it would it started with a big old piece of coconut cream pie. <laughs> no, it's a little more scientific than that. Electrical impulses, different stimuli activate different sensory receptors that you were created with. You didn't just blow up and all of a sudden have this incredible body that you have. Chemical stimuli, we're talking about taste, activate the chemoreceptors responsible for gustatory and olfactory perceptions. Hardly only time in my life I've ever said those two words. Because taste and smell, say this with me, because taste, help me, and smell are both reactions to the chemical makeup of solution. Say it with me. These two senses are closely Related, and they're real close to each other. Maybe that's why a baby sucks his thumb. He can touch his nose and have his thumb in his I have no idea, but let's keep going. The subtlety of taste, say this with me, the subtlety of taste is lost without, hmm, I didn't know that. I know y'all smart, everybody knew it. You lying like a dog. The chemoreceptors, look at that nasty tongue. The chemoreceptors that detect taste are called gustatory receptor cells. 
about 50 receptor cells plus basal and supporting cells make up what? Say it with me. One taste bud. Taste buds themselves are contained in a goblet-shaped papillae, the small bumps that dot your tongue. You didn't know you know you got a dotted tongue. If you know a lot about this, you've spent way too much time near the mirror. I'm just saying to you. Every gustatory receptor cell, I didn't know this, that's for sure, has a spindly protrusion called a gustatory hair. So don't come up talking to me about hair. My tongue is loaded, okay? You're hearing me. Can you believe it? I mean, young guys and girls, you're going on a date or something, you just think about that. That'll make you stay at home. Excuse my language. I'm horrible. This is why they don't like me on the radio. This is why they like me on the radio. I'm going to tell you that right now. You won't hear Charles Stanley saying that. This taste hair reaches the outside environment through an opening called a taste pour. Molecules mixed with saliva. This is a great message. You're learning today the importance of spit. This is great. Isn't this good stuff? I mean, I've wanted, you know. Molecules mixed with spit enter the taste pore because you need that spit. And they interact with the little hairs. But this all just happened. You blew up and this is how all this got here. Good grief. This stimulates a sensation of what? There you go, church. There you go. That's how you get the taste. Once a stimulus activates the gustatory impulse receptor, cells synapse with nervous, with the neurons rather, and pass on electrical impulses to the gustatory area of, here we go, the cerebral cortex of your brain. You mean this is... Mm-hmm. The brain interprets what it's all reading as what? Taste. We said all that to say that. Isn't that crazy? Woo! Thank you, Lord. We got the tongue out of the way. Now let's talk about the nose. Smell. Well, it ain't as much. I'm telling you right there. When I was writing this, I was like, I cannot do too much more of this. Smell like taste is a chemical sense detected by sensory cells called chemoreceptors. Same. When an odorant stimulates the chemoreceptors that detect smell in the nose, they pass on electrical impulses to the what? That smells nice. That smells bad. The brain that interprets patterns in electrical activity as specific odors an olfactory sensation becomes perception, something we recognize as what? Smell. The only, this is huge, say this with me. The only other chemical system that can quickly identify like smell, listen, makes sense of and memorizes new molecules is your what? Wow. This nose thing's pretty amazing. 
But smell more than any other sense. There's a lot more to this. Is also intimately, can you say intimately, linked to the parts of the brain that process what? Emotion and associative learning. You need my nose can help me or mess me up emotionally. Absolutely. Back to the date. Yes or no? Okay. Your first date. And they stinky? Probably not going to have another date. Did I lose you on my math there? Y'all just need to think this through. You could help yourself. The olfactory bulb in the brain, which sorts sensation into perception, is part of the limbic system, a system vital to what? Say it with me. Our what? Behavior. Our what? Mood. And our what? Memory. You mean my mood can be affected because of things I smell? Absolutely. There's a whole bunch of people studying this stuff. Look at it. This link to the brain's emotional center makes smell, say it with me, a fascinating frontier in what? Neuroscience, behavioral science, and even what? Isn't that the truth? Yes or no? Isn't that the truth, the advertising part? How many have bought something because it smelt good? Let me see your hand. I bought something because it smelt good. How many of you tried something in a restaurant to eat something because it smelt good? How many were disappointed? It smelled good, but it won't that good. Let me see some hands. Absolutely. Smell can bring on a flood of memories. Smell. And guys, this isn't always a positive. People who have been through trauma, a traumatizing event, a fire, their family, they lost family members in a fire. It could just flood emotions. People who have been hurt, abused, they can enter a a certain environment and smell a certain smell and it'll bring back memories of them being beat. It's crazy. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You hear me? And Satan's been on the attack for a good 120, 30 years at least in our country. Just attacking. You can't, they can't know that you made them God. They can't know that they're fearfully and wonderfully made. Because if we ever know that, he is toast. When you know that you matter and you have value and I am somebody... And then when you know for sure, Jesus, you are my Savior and my Lord. I'm going to tell you right now, you are unstoppable. That's what the Bible says, immovable. Does the Bible say that? Overcomers. Does it say that? More than a conqueror. Amen. I can do how many things? I'm saying to know stuff like we're discussing today, experiencing God, talking about our human body. You might say, oh my gosh, I went to church. He's talking science. We need to. We need to fight back. And that's what I'm doing today. So smell's crazy. Smell can influence people's moods. How many ever tried to influence somebody's mood before by creating a certain smell in the house? Let me see your hand. Absolutely we do. Yes or no? Sure. 
Hey, I just want to tell you right now, I like candles, okay? Does that make me a sissy? I guess I'm a sissy since I like, Clark likes candles. That's going to go viral. I know it is. Here's the point. But don't give me them little stinky, nasty candles. Man, I like them Yankee candles. Amen, yes or no? They're expensive, though, ain't they? Or them nice candles? Yeah, but the other ones look just like them. Well, they don't smell the same sometimes. Y'all hearing me or not? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Quit flashing your light. You're killing all the fun lately. It can even affect your what? Your what? This is a whole field of science that's being studied out there, creating an environment in the workplace, smell and things like that. Obviously, others, other things that can affect you, the hearing, the sight, everything, to get more productivity out of our workforce. It's a big subject. Because the olfactory bulb is part of the brain's limbic, limbic system, an area so closely associated with memory. Look at this. Because the olfactory bulb, this is what that smell affects. It's part of the brain's limbic system, an area so closely associated with memory and feeling. It's sometimes called the what? Your emotional brain. Your emotional brain is this nose and this tongue so often. That, is our, that affects so much of our emotion. Smell can call up memories and powerful responses. Almost what? My mama's been gone for years. But I tell you, she ran a barbecue lodge. And there's nothing like when I go back home, especially anywhere near Carolina, and I'll get a whiff of that barbecue. Whoo! Makes me think of Rebels Barbecue Lodge when I was a little kid. And two black men that would cook that barbecue, Willie and Richard, I can see them in the kitchen. Just with a smell, I can be brought back to that childhood memory. Y'all hearing me? I can drink a glass of sweet tea. So sweet, it'll make you go nuts. And that's the kind of tea we had in the South. We didn't know tea wasn't sweet. We had no idea that people didn't drink unsweet tea on the planet. We didn't. Not where I was from. And the sweeter, the better. Like syrup. And it'll bring back memories. Now, I don't drink that now because it'll kill you. But anyway, that's another story. So taste and smell are what? Now, what about the message, though, Clark? Let's talk about the Bible now. Let's talk about what we can learn. How can I experience God through what I've learned this morning? Would you say that verse with me? I'd really want you to learn this and quote this verse in your life. Say it with me pretty loudly. Here we go. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. Amen? That's the key to this whole study we've been doing. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Keep looking, buddy. Can I experience God then? Here's the question. Through taste and smell. I think just basically on what I put up there already, your answer would be yeah. But if we hadn't put that up there, you might have said, I'm not sure. But I think with a little bit of scientific background we looked at, we now know for sure that obviously I can experience God. Now, this is me talking. That other stuff was a scientist. Now, here's where I come in. This is my looking at the Scriptures and my thinking. The word sweet, can you say sweet, applies to both taste and smell. I want you to say that. The word sweet applies to both taste and smell. Would you agree with that? Yes or no? 
can you smell something sweet? Or that was a sweet smell. And certainly we can taste and we can taste sweet. So with that being said, I want us to go to God's Word and see the sweet things that we can experience from God. The sweet things that we can experience from God. Y'all hearing me? The sweet things that we can experience from God. Say that with me. Sweet what? Sweet words. Sweet words. Did you know what? You can have, you can be talked to like a dog and put down and hurt. And you can almost taste it. And if that ain't been you, God bless you that you ain't had to live that way. I went yesterday to get the car washed, the truck washed. And I know it was going to rain, but thing was filthy. And I knew they'd vacuum it and everything. So, and it gives me something to do, and I can talk to people. That's what I do. I get out, go meet people. So I did the truck, and then I thought, well, I'll go back and do the car. And I normally wouldn't do that. I'd do one or the other. I'm not spending all day at the car wash, okay? But it's just the way I felt. So I took it back, and when I get there, Something I wouldn't normally do. There was a fellow that I've known since he was a young man sitting on that bench right there. And I walked over to him. He's not young, young. About 40 now. But I've known him for a long time. I said, hey man, how you doing? Good to see you. How you been? And I could see it. Not good, Pastor. And it broke my heart. And I talked with him. Tried to speak sweet words into him. You understand? Yes or no? And he started telling me a little bit about what's going on in his life and his family and his marriage. And he's got some bad taste. And I remember how he grew up as a boy, how he was beaten, how he saw things with his mind. I remember seeing, I know his story very well. You can really be damaged by unsweet words. Y'all hear me, yes or no? You want to experience God? His words are going to be to your heart what? They're going to be what? Sweet. Look at the Bible. How sweet are your words unto my taste? This is God's word. Your words are sweeter than what? Honey to my what? Get his word in you. In your mouth. It'll affect your emotions. It'll affect your mood. I don't read the Bible. I don't need the Bible. Keep being the pain that you are. Or you can start, you can have your mood affected. You can have everything. Your home can be changed if you start hiding God's Word in your heart. You listening or not? That's tough, ain't it? Sweet counsel. We took what? Sweet counsel together And walked unto the house of God in company. Be careful with your counsel. Can't we, when we give people counsel, can't we do it how? Sweet. Just like that nose and that tongue don't like the nasty taste and smell. Nor do we like it. We like sweet what? It doesn't mean you can't say hard things. How many ever mama fed you something to help you get better, but she put a little something with it, some honey to make it go down better? Let me see some hands. Amen. Yes or no? Are we learning anything? I am. 
So sweet counsel, but that's sweet counsel with the Lord. When you take his word in, you hear me or not? That word, that's sweet counsel from the Lord. Lord ain't picking on you. He ain't trying to kick your tail. He's trying to love on you. Amen. Yes or no? Sweet meditation. My meditation of him shall be what? Sweet. I'll be glad in the Lord. What does meditation mean? Going to the beach and... No, no, that's craziness. Meditating on the Lord's Word. I do it often to fight the devil. When I'm laying in bed, my mind wants to go everywhere. And I can recall, and I got some ammunition, I can fight back at that sucker. You hear me? Sweet meditation, to think on the Lord's words. Look at that, when you what? When you what? Sweet sleep, sweet sleep, sweet sleep. When you lie down, you shall not be what? Afraid. Because you've got His word, you've got it hid in your heart. You can know that if I don't wake up in the morning, because you never know when you shut them eyeballs what's going to happen. Do you? My daddy died in his sleep. I was 23 years old. I got the call. I was just newly married. And mama called me. Even though they were divorced, mama called me. Because mama was Grand Central Station. Nobody was going to tell her son that his dad had died but her. And she called me. And they found him that morning... Dead with blood coming out of his ears. He had had an aneurysm stroke. You never know. But don't you know when you lay down, when you go to sleep, isn't it nice just to be able to know that if I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul will take. But isn't it great to say, I know the Lord my soul will take because I believe in my Savior Jesus. Amen. Sweet sleep. This is how you experience God. I'm just talking to you. How can I experience God? Am I supposed to go to a high mountain somewhere? You can do it there too, but you can also do it in your bed if you want to. Amen. Say. You'll lie down and your sleep shall be what? Sweet. Thank you. I love that. I love this verse right here. I love this verse right here. Say it with me, the whole verse. The sleep of a laboring man is what? Sweet, whether he eats a little or a lot, but the abundance of the what? Rich will not suffer him to. As for you and me and all of us who keep wanting to get more and more and stuff in our life. Or you got so much money and you're worried about the stock market and you're worried about this and you're worried about that and you can't even sleep. What happened to the good old days when you were as poor as dirt and tired as a day as long? But boy, when you laid down, you slept. And it didn't matter. And also that poor man, they ate early in the morning. And they didn't have no lunch hardly. And they got home and they ate. And they didn't have those delicacies like I have. Ice cream and all that mess that I eat before I go to bed and I can't sleep because I'm all screwed up. That's what that verse is teaching. Did you see that verse? Yes or no? That's a great verse, isn't it? Kick my tail. Here we go. So, 
How do I taste and smell God? Here we go. We just want to show you some scriptures, but now I just want to make a few points and I'll quit. The number one way to taste and smell God is what? Boy, say that loud with me. The number one way to taste and smell God is what? That's why at fellowship we say we love Jesus and we love people. Why do we say that? Because we want to taste and smell God here. You hear me? Yeah, praise the Lord. I want to taste Him here. I want to smell Him here. I want Him to, I want to smell Him when I come here. And you know what? I still do. I still do. I know the church, the building ain't, you know, the church ain't the building. It's the people. I heard that. But you know, you can create an environment from a campus to a building. Have you noticed how many scriptures are outside? I challenge you how long it will take you. You ought to do a race with your family. Start at one end, read every scripture from top to bottom, and see who can win the race. Don't forget the kitchen. There's so many scriptures out here in this foyer that creates an environment, the aroma of God. Do you hear me, yes or no? And the love coming from people. And those donuts mm, mm, coming from loving hands. Yes or no? That's what I want here, man. The number one taste master, which is the great commandment in the law. Jesus said, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is likened it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. That's the number one way to smell God. The Apostle John, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and he that loves God is born of God and knows God, but he that loves not doesn't know God. Why can churches be some of the meanest places on the planet? Because they don't know God. That's mean, Clark. Sue me. I'm quoting a scripture. You hear me or not? Good. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. That smells good. And it tastes good. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwells in us. How do you know God's here? Because we love one another. No, I know He's here because we flopped. I saw eight people flop like a chicken. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says we know God is here because of love. We have love for one another. Did you hear me or not? You want God in your marriage? How about y'all love each other? How about that? Say, well, I'm just going to pray, and I'm just going to pray, and I'm just going to pray. Well, I like prayer too, but that little love might go a long way. We've known God and believe the love of God has to us. God is love, and he that dwells in love dwells in God, and God's in him. You can't get more God all over you than you and everything in that verse. Love. Say that with me. To love and to be loved is the greatest way. To taste and smell God. To love and to be loved. For me to have Kim, who loves me, and I love her, that's the greatest way for Kim and Gary to experience God. That love that we have right there. That's crazy, isn't it? But when you love, when you love your family, you love your friends, you love that's why it's so bad, man, when you don't have love in your family. Yes or no? Say. 
I know mamas fight to keep love in their family. Generally, that's what a mama will do, ain't it? Yes or no? That's important. Love, man. What book in the Bible do you think mentions the word taste and smell the most? Stop. Okay? you got to tell me. I'm going to take a I'm gonna one, two, three. I'm going to go one, two, three, and you just shout it out. What book in the Bible? Wait, no, I'm going to ask the doctor. Oh, no, you go around telling us. Go ahead. Uh-oh, here's the two that have done the love class. They're teaching the love class. Number one book in the Bible that, wait a minute, that mentions the word taste and smell the most. Now, let, don't let me be too ugly. Both of them were very close, to be honest with you. Both of you were very close. No, you were close to love. You were very close to taste and smell. Your word don't hardly have none to taste and smell in it. Here we go. We're going to say it. One, two, three. You shout it out. Roger, be quiet. One, two, three. One more time. One, two, three. Nobody said it. Here we go. Song of Solomon. Now, Song of Solomon, the, I didn't hear you. Of course, everybody says they said it now. I believe you, sweetie. I believe you. I'm never coming back. He doesn't love me. He tastes bad. Smell it, Joker. Here we go. Well, here's the point. Here's the point. Here's the point. The number one way to experience God is love. To taste and smell God is love. That's the number one way. And the number one book in the Bible that has the word, that's really a book on love. It's a book on romantic love. That book has taste and smell in it more than any other book. That book has taste and smell in it more than any other book. Which sort of makes the point, doesn't it? If you don't have taste and smell in your marriage, that's an area we need to work on. Yes or no? Amen. And it's not just the aroma in the house. No, it's the words. It's the this. It's the that. Amen. Say. Look at the song, book of Song of Solomon. While the king sits at his table, my spikenard sends forth smell thereof. This is all about love between a woman and a man, a woman and the king. And it's also metaphorically for our relationship with Jesus, no doubt about it. Amen. As the apple tree among the trees of the woods, so is my beloved among the sons. I sat down under his shadow with great delight, and his fruit was what? Sweet to my taste. Number one book in the Bible with taste and smell in it. The fig tree puts forth her green figs. The vines with the tender grapes give a good smell. Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away with me. Beautiful. You thought I was Shakespeare or something up here, didn't you? Fair is thy love, my sister, my spouse. How much better is your love than wine and the smell of thine ointments than all spices? Thy lips, O oh my spouse, drop as the honeycomb. Honey and milk are under your tongue, and the smell of your garments is like the smell of Lebanon. Amen? Isn't that beautiful? His cheeks are as a bed of spices, as sweet flowers. This is what Kim says about me. His lips. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry. I'm rolling in the floor for you, okay? His lips like lilies. Dropping sweet-smelling myrrh. That's about all some of y'all can handle, ain't it? Many waters cannot quench love. I love this verse. Neither can the floods drown it. If a man would give all the substance of his house for love, it would utterly be condemned. Nothing can quench love. The taste of love. The smell of love. Isn't that beautiful? Now, where's love from, guys? Somebody tell me, love is of who? That's why I didn't do it on purpose over the last many years because I've experienced God's love for me, how much I matter to Him. When I was didn't matter to somebody else, seemingly, God showed me, Son, you matter to me, and it changed my life. And so now when I pray so often, I, I go, you know, Lord, we love you, but we love you because you love us. I can't hardly say I love the Lord without just being reminded very quickly that you love me. And you loved me first. When I was a mess. Amen or oh me say. Love, love. Oh taste the Bible says. A great verse. Say it with me. Oh taste and see. Go ahead and do this one. And what? That the Lord is what? Good. The Bible says oh taste and see that the Lord is good. But I'm convinced strongly that that verse is teaching oh taste and smell. That the Lord is good. That idea is to taste Him. Breathe Him in. Smell Him. Let that get in your brain. Let that emotionally affect you. Your mood. Start tasting the Lord. Start smelling the Lord. The things of the Lord. Amen. Yes or no? I walked yesterday morning to the top of Tom Adams Bridge, which I try to do every day. Big new bridge is pretty, man. They got a bench up there now just for me. It's incredible. And yesterday I do some stretching because of my back, and people think I'm a yoga nut or something probably. And I like candles. I'm really a weirdo, ain't I? And I'm up there on the bridge, and there's two dolphins. They're not just splashing. They're swimming because the water's crystal clear, and it's like I'm at SeaWorld looking in the aquarium. You know what I was doing yesterday morning? I was tasting and smelling the Lord is good. Yes or no? Amen. Come on. I got to quit. Good message, though, today. The number two way to taste and smell God, say it with me, is the word what? I told you it's my message. I believe it's right out of the Bible, baby. The word fellowship means this. Say it with me. Things in that's what we need here at Fellowship. We don't need you to act like you different than us. You better than us. But please don't act like you worse than us either. We got some pretty bad folks here. And we got some pretty highfalutin folks here. But at the end of the day, the bad folks and the highfalutin folks without Jesus is going to split hell wide open. Our common thing we have here is Jesus. And we have in common that we sin here. Yes or no? Amen. That we struggle. Let's keep that in mind. The Bible says they continued steadfastly. The new church, the early church after Christ had resurrected. They're being persecuted, but they continued. There's our word, steady. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. And what's our word? Fellowship. Things in common. Breaking bread and in prayers. And all that believed were together and they had things what? 
That's just another way to say fellowship. Things in common. Things in common. I'm not above you. Gary's not better than you. You hear me, yes or no? Don't put me up like that. I am no better than you. If you could get inside my brain or some of the thoughts I have or some of the things I want to say, and I try not to. But the Bible says if you think them, you've done them. I mean, I am a mess sometimes. You hear me, but so are you. I think so. They continued daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house. They did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. They were praising God. They had favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. The church is a place that's supposed to be growing, and we're adding people, and people are welcome here. We need greeters right now. We want new faces, too. And you can do this. Why wouldn't you? That's awesome. You love them. Now, don't do it if you don't like people. Don't do it. Because I'm going to come along and say, but listen, but if you know you love people and you care for people, come on, man. Come on out of that shell and let's just get it done. Come on. If there's one thing that taste and smell have in common, it's what? Help me. It's what? Did you know people have criticized us before here at Fellowship because we eat so much? Because we give donuts away. Yeah, they've called us the country club church. Now, that's the funniest one at all. Have you met the pastor? Does he seem like a country club guy? I'm the guy that would beat up the little country club kids in school. Couldn't stand them suckers. I'm sorry. That was me. God saved me, thank God. If there's one thing mankind has in common, it's what? Food, guys. That's what we have in common. We all need to eat and drink. We all love to eat and drink. We all love the smell of good food. We all love this. There's nothing better than good food and good what? How many would agree with that? Absolutely. No, I want to have horrible food and people I can't stand. (sighs) Enjoying eating and drinking together is something we all have in common. But you can't do that at church. That's not spiritual. That's because some man who thought he was better than us said so. He should shut up, whoever they are. Anybody can do this. I want to experience God. And when I can experience Him, it's when I experience you. 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 And you're eating and you're drinking and you're having a good time and we can be together. That's called experiencing God. It brings people and family together. It puts us in a relaxed and friendly way. It's a fun and happy time. It's a great way to get to know folks. It's a great way to let your guard down. It helps us be thankful and appreciative when we have a meal together. This is beautiful. And Jesus did it all the time. So, so much for whoever's making this stuff up. Amen. And he was criticized for it. Amen. As Jesus passed forth from thence, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the receipt of custom. He said unto him, follow me. And Matthew arose and he followed him. And it came to pass, as Jesus said at meat in the house, Behold, many publicans, that's tax collectors who were the worst people of the day, and sinners, came and they sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees, the religious folks, saw it, they said to his disciples, Why does he eat with those horrible people and those sinners? Here's what Jesus said about himself. This is what he had heard. The Son of Man, that's himself, has come eating and drinking. You say, you say, You say, I'm a glutton. I think when you looked at Jesus, he didn't have a 
belly. Because he walked everywhere he went. And it was, it was rough terrain. I think when you looked at him, my opinion is, he didn't get ripped by doing all kinds of going to the gym. It was just the way it was. You're a man. And you have to be a little tough. Amen? It's the way it is. I think that's who he was. But they called him a glutton because he was eating with people. They called him a wine beverage because he was drinking with people. Not going to the bars. Guys, come on. He's, he's out with people having food and eating and drinking like people do when they have dinner and stuff together. Yes or no? Amen? He was a friend of sinners and horrible people, low-life losers. But Jesus says, you know, wisdom is justified of her children. <laughs> what he was saying was, you know, you're a lot smarter than I guess. I guess. <laughs> you're a lot smarter than I am. I don't think so. And one of the Pharisees decided that Jesus would eat with him. And Jesus went to whose house? He was no respecter of persons. He would go with this sinner. He'd go with this sinner. And he'd go with that sinner. Amen. I can sense God when I eat and drink and fellowship with others. Say that with me. I can what? Sense God when I eat and drink and fellowship with others. That is the truth, isn't it? Sure it is. The earth is the Lord, a fullness thereof. Whether therefore, say it with me, you what? Eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the what? Glory of God. Amen. Raj, i got to quit. Can others taste and smell God through me? I hope. I'm going to leave you with just one verse, Raj. I can't go through all of them. Here's the way people can taste and smell God through us. Say those words, humility and sacrifice. Pride in somebody's nose does this, doesn't it? What do we say about proud, proud people? They got their nose where? Isn't that funny that we say that? Isn't that weird? Does a humble man go around with his nose up in the air? No, no. This is how people can smell the church, through humility, through service, through sacrifice. Amen. We'll close with this passage. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, he thought it not robbery to be equal with God. He said, I am God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But you know what he did? He made himself of no reputation. Here's God. In heaven, the creator of everything. And he comes and is made. He took upon him the form of a servant, a little baby. And he's made in the likeness of you and me. Yes or no? And he being found as, in fashion as a man, he did what with himself? And he even became obedient unto what? The death of the cross. And the Lord says to us, let this mind be in you. How does that smell when you meet somebody that's humble, that's sacrificing, that's a server? Does that smell good, yes or no? Oh, I've got to get away from them. They're too humble. Oh, can't stand them. They're too nice. They stink, man. Oh. It's against our nature. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Bless it to our heart, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's thank him for his word. Come on, guys. Come on. Praise the Lord. This is a good message. Woo!